Hey, this is Doug Miller. Welcome to my weekly mixtape with Brian Colburn. Hope you're ready to nod your head because this one's a banger. Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. Joining me for tonight's collaboration is Doug Miller, a good friend of mine since the days that we played football together at St. Mary's High School, as well as a DJ, comedian, and fellow 90s hip-hop fanatic. Doug, thanks so much for joining me on My Weekly Mixtape. BC, what's going on? Pleasure to be here. Happy to be back with you doing this. You know, we've had some great... Great discussions. Yeah, the over on Playlist Wars, you were one of our regulars, and I love it. I'm glad that you're joining me here. Now, I'm going to start by asking you the same question I ask every single guest to start an episode, and I know your answer is probably going to be one for the ages. So, Doug, what does the word mixtape mean to you? Oh, mixtape is, to me, the best word is because it's such a hard thing to describe in one word. I'm related to a bunch of these different things that fall under one category, I'm going to use the word emotion. Okay, The word emotion, because whatever you were trying to evoke or whatever you were trying to pull out of yourself could be done with a mixtape. doesn't matter what genre you are. You could listen to the saddest music in the world. You could be making a mixtape because you're happy. This is the best time. I got a party tomorrow night. Here we go. Whatever vibe you're looking for, that poured out into mixtapes. You would see people put songs, not just songs that swung wildly on a pendulum, but emotion-wise or style-wise or even genre-wise, but they would have those on there, but the ones that they had in the order they had it would make sense. It would tell a story. And so you make a mixtape to a girl. By the time she listens to the track, the last track, she's going to be saying, I think there's a theme here. I think, yeah, yeah I think there's a theme. <laughs> so, you know, you could do a lot with a mixtape. And then I, I felt like if somebody gave you one, it was the most inexpensive gift, but the richest because... The way we used to do it took time. You were swapping double cassette decks and mm-hmm. taps forwarding the songs and rewinding and pausing it on the right time, staying up late or putting anything on record when you go to bed to catch Monday night mixtape with Clue, you know, or, or catching songs on the radio if you like stuff. It's on rock stations, whatever it may be. The time that it took and the effort it took is what would kind of pronounce the significance of the mixtape. And when you received one from somebody or when you made one with somebody, it was definitely packed with emotion. Well, we are going to be packing a ton of emotion into tonight's episode because tonight, Doug and I are curating a mixtape filled with the best hip-hop and rap from, and I can't believe I'm saying this, 30 years ago, 1993. I can't even wrap my mind around that. No, like when I still watch Days to Confused, I'm like, yeah, that was like 30, 40 years ago, right? (laughs) And it's like, no, they're like, it's 100 years. It's all. <laughs> <laughs> it almost pains me to say that every song we're going to talk about tonight is three decades old. Yeah. These songs are going to start having real hangovers now because yeah. when you're 29, there's no such thing as a hangover. The day you turn 30, you know what a hangover is. For sure. For sure. They're terrible. Terrible. <laughs> now, for me, 1993 was junior year in high school. So. A ton of these songs hold a special place for me personally. But beyond that, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 1993 could be one of the most essential years in all of hip-hop history because it's packed with a ton of classics. And my list is packed with jam after jam. And I already know that there's guilt in my songs that I picked, because some of my songs are not going to make this list. And Man. it's a shame because they're all absolute classics. Doug, what were you looking for in the songs that you brought to the table this evening? Well, it's the same uh, sentiment I had because 93 is, is a pillar year in hip hop, I would call it, you know, by far. You had probably four of the 10 greatest hip hop albums ever made, arguably. Definitely top 15 ever made all came out that year. And counting the songs that are on the top 100 greatest hip hop songs of all time all came out that year. Just insane from group albums to singles to individual projects by people from those groups. It, it didn't matter. There was just, you were just constantly 
bombarded with different styles from different locations and different and they were just all hitting home run after home run you're in the building phase of hip-hop here and so that's what i look for i look for the two vibes that that kind of came to me the most in the 90s and you know when i was running around i had my starter jacket and my, my overalls on but also i'd hair like i watched 90210 it was a weird time bro. <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird time but but the music was undeniable so that's what i looked for well, let's get down to business. Tonight, as I mentioned, Doug and I are curating a 1993 year in rap and hip-hop mixtape, and we're going to use that old cassette deck approach, meaning our mixtape's going to be broken up into two sides, side A and side B. Doug, as my special guest, will begin side A with his first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows that choice up. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out the 10 songs for side A. We'll then give our mixtape a proverbial flip, and we'll map out side B, only this time I'll kick things off with Doug choosing second. Our overall goal for this episode is to craft the best 1993 year in rap and hip-hop mixtape possible through only 20 songs. At the end of the show, you can take our conversation to the next level by visiting the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com to give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. And finally, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please consider becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. Now, before we press the record button on this mixtape, some of the fellow mixtapers chimed in with songs that they feel would best kick off the night with. And I want to share some of those now. So, Doug, you and I have some food for thought going into this. Sounds good. And speaking of those Patreon mixtapers... Patreon playlister Cactus Pete first wanted to make sure he chimed in with the fact that the trick here is that Dr. Dre's The Chronic was released late in 92. Otherwise, that would have easily been his first track with nothing but a G thing. And because our rule is the main album had to drop in 93, he wanted to make sure to point that one out, and I totally get it. But his 93 choices were Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice, Wu-Tang Clan's The Mystery of Chess Boxing or Cream, depending on what mood you were in. Ice Cube's You Know How We Do It. Cypress Hill's Insane in the Brain. Diggable Planet's Rebirth of Slick Cool Like That. And then Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Parade. Also, Patreon playlister Too Vague Podcast chimed in with Dell the Funky Homo Sapiens Catch a Bad One. Elsewhere on the socials, people who follow me at My Weekly Mixtape on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok all had chime-ins as well. Sean Faust and Amy Borchin both chimed in with Diggable Planets, Rebirth the Slick, Cool Like That. Jay Hall of the Oki Bookcast, Zach Deuce and Chris Darling all chimed in with Cypress Hills, Insane in the Brain. Eric, Time to Get Ill and Shannon Wallace both chimed in with Wu-Tang Clans, Protect Your Neck. Eric Chael chimed in with Snoop Dogg's Murder Was the Case and sticking with Snoop. Both Rachel DiNardo and Jen Cohen chimed in with Gin and Juice. Melissa Boylo chimed in with Paperboy's Diddy. That's an interesting one. Ryan at the Soundtrack Your Life podcast chimed in with a Tribe Called Quests award tour. Sylvester chimed in with Souls of Mischief's 93 Till Infinity. Anthony Monkey Noodles chimed in with De La Soul's Break of Dawn. And finally, Chuck Emmering and David Owens both chimed in with Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Hooray. Now, I don't know about you, Doug, but pretty much every single one of those artists is currently sitting in my bank, along with a few that we haven't even gotten to yet. Every single one. Every, every single one. And, single and one. Some, a lot of them had a lot of the same songs. So you have a very music IQ crowd. Couldn't agree more, man. The fellow mixtapers that listen to this show certainly know what's up. For sure. So with that being said, Doug, I'm going to officially press the record button on this mixtape and turn things over to you. How are you going to kick off our 1993 year in rap and hip hop mixtape with? All right. So 93, like I said, was a pillar year. Styles could have been more different, but also superlatively representative of 93 at the same time, which is just, it's an insane, it's lightning in a bottle. So I'm going to start with somebody who, came out with an original song that just kind of took hip-hop in a different direction real quick and it was a huge thing. It was great start off in the 90s. Say, I'm going to start off with the Far Side's Passing Me By. That beat drops and the sound was something you hadn't heard before. You know, they went with that organ in a weird way and it just, there's very few 
beats, you know, I got five on it, things like that, that sounded like that so original when, when you first heard them and you said, what is that? And then to see a guy, I don't know, in, in my head, it's like the beat was a wave and this dude jumped on it with a surfboard and just carved it. You know, he, he went over it like he's tap dancing the way somebody would for music in, in a different way than anybody had moved their feet before. So that's all that kind of effort and quality in, into the MC mixed with a beat from that level. What better way to start a mixtape? That song is so iconic. The samples used in it were perfect. I mean, that song was released 30 years ago. And if you put that on right now, banger, it sounds better than, and I'm just going to say it. I, I do like some modern hip hop, but that song slays anything that's on the radio right now. Banger just, for life. It's a banger. It, it's something that truly influenced any hip hop artists that are out there today. Set a bar. And that right there in of itself speaks volumes. But following that up, I could go in a lot of different directions. See, let's say it. Far side gets your head moving. That's yeah. not hitting off a party. That's that's kind of starting a groove here. That's that head nod hip hop right there. That's a vibe. So I think I know what I'm going to follow that up with. I'm going to turn up the energy a little bit, but keep that same flow going. And I'm going to go off an album called Represent. And I'm going with Fat Joe to Gangsta, Flow Joe, sampling Lee Dorsey's Get Out of My Life Woman and Morton Stevens' The Long Wait. It makes perfect sense why in Intergalactic, the Beastie Boys proclaimed that everything I do is funky like Lee Dorsey. Because this song, even though it's slower, has this funky groove that you just cannot bob your head to and i think coming out of the far side this song keeps that vibe going in a good way i agree i agree uh, i saw joe do that song live big fan obviously he's a staple in hip-hop an absolute necessity man it's a, I, I think it's a wonderful pick see now that does the same thing to me it's such a volley back and forth which is the beauty of 90s 3d hip-hop um i immediately like i'm thinking of songs frankie cutlass puerto rico oh i mean how do you not play as a dj i'm thinking how do you not play that Right after you play Fat Joe, you, you, mm -hmm, that's where you mm -hmm. go. Gotta go, Joe. Gotta flow, Joe. And in Puerto Rico, oh, like that, that's the Nats record. So, and it's a 90, in fact, it's a 93 record. So it's like, it's good. But uh, yeah, there's just so many ways to go that, that, that Joe kicked it off there. That was fantastic. And, and I like how when we get guys like that breakthrough, whether it's style wise that people borrow from or influenced by, or just people who beget other people. I mean, that's the reason you got big pun albums is because just Joe dropped that song and it was dope. That's the beauty of hip hop. That's a direct connection, a lineage. And I think people are still, it's it's young. It's it's not as old as other forms of music. So people are still carving out, you know, the little tablets and stone here and, and telling the story on a cave wall. We're not, we're not into the digital media hip hop, no matter how many SoundCloud rappers and stuff that we have. Like it's not that big of a jump we're, we're it's, it's the music's what not even 100 years old so when when you have stuff like that and then you're seeing people do forefather work like this it's an awesome pick and now you get to follow it up which is probably even harder now yeah i'm gonna follow it up um okay so i was thinking of going vibey since we're on that weird vibe, let's knock those out or let's stay there that, that original i don't sound like everybody else we're doing our own thing vibe Let's go with what I consider probably the Kings or, or one of of doing it my own way, staying in my own vibe. And I'm going to go with Tribe Called Quest Award Tour. Yes. I mean, is there any rapper, maybe people that are as real, but you can't tell me there's anybody that, that was more real or more themselves in hip hop than the Tribe Called Quest consistently. Never flip the flow for money or riches get a little bit of extra tv time or anything like that a radio play they were consistently them and they were consistently great at it which was just what made their music so good it's it's a genuine vibe and these guys are super talented so that's my pick award tour tropical quest midnight marauders i had that exact song on my list that song is so iconic it sounds so modern and so fresh sampling Weldon Irvine's we're getting down Charles Erland's low down milk Jackson's Olinga Jade's don't walk away and sons of Champlain's you could fly. I mean, these guys 
took sampling and made it an art form. Whereas sampling prior to in the 80s, it was sampling like Run DMC and Aerosmith Walk This Way, where they just took the beat. DJ Scratching. And they just rapped over the song. Overlay. These guys yep. took multiple songs and threw them together. Multiple genres, too. Yeah, and I think when I think of a thing like Midnight Marauders, I think of like Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys and all these albums where sampling became an instrument and a tribe called Quest truly knew how to take 10 different songs and turn them into their voice. And to me, that is art in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. Midnight Marauders was one of the uh, albums I was speaking about earlier when I said we had at least four of the top 10 albums of all time. Tribe is undeniable. So let's see you following that one up with something good. All right, well, I am going to follow that up with something good because we got a vibe going here. And coming out of Tribe Called Quest, the thing I liked about them most is, believe it or not, artists like A Tribe Called Quest introduced me in 1993 to jazz music because I didn't, my parents were rock and roll. My parents, my dad was Black Sabbath, The Cars, Huey Lewis in the News, Led Zeppelin, The Doors. Yes. My mom was Fleetwood Mac, Pat Benatar. I didn't get a lot of exposure to jazz music, but when I first started listening to A Tribe Called Quest and the next song that I picked, Drop a Chord, it introduced yeah. me to jazz music. And this song, by sampling a song by Art Blakey and the Jazz Messenger, Stretching, Diggable Planets, Rebirth of Slick, Cool Like That, took a song and made it iconic. It took an iconic song like stretching and brought it back decades later and made it iconic to a completely different subset of music listeners because the people in ninth in the 1950s and sixties that were listening to art Blakey might not understand diggable planets in the nineties, but I'll tell you right now that music sounded fresh when it first came out and it sounded fresh in 1993 and I am shocked that these guys did not blow up to the level of Tribe Called Quest because Cool Like That is a song that you don't even have to be a Mashy. big hip-hop fan. Mashy. That had crossover into pop. That had crossover into R&B. Every genre music, top 40, every station was playing this song. Yeah, uh, I agree. I would have bet my last dollar that's where you were going. I just I, I did agree with similar taste. Um, the thing about Rebirth and Stick again is my server reference from before, the way he wrote that beat, it was... You you mentioned that that this song had crossover appeal, okay? And it was just on a funky vibe. It had a musical tone to it. So so people that were kind of a little anti-hip-hop or hadn't warmed up to it yet that thought it was just talking over boom bap, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they, they don't really get it. It's that this was undeniably musical you know, and melodious in the way that he decided to present the lyrics. He didn't try to be anybody else. They were himself. And it was so genuinely hip-hop, but it was so genuinely jazz. But it was so genuinely pop for the crossover because it was funky enough to move to it. It was never anything but itself. And it fit every it was a master key. You know, it's a skeleton key. That's what it is. And the flow that he delivered the lyrics in that song was not on the beat. That's how that song was meant to be done. Yeah, it had a jazz delivery to it because rock is on one, two, three, four, one, two, three. This song, his delivery was going off the path. That's that wave. That's that way. And, and my thing is, it wasn't trying to be jazzy. Like, it wasn't a guy who's not jazzy trying to be jazzy. You know what I mean? And it wasn't a jazz guy trying to rap when he don't really rap. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. It was genuinely itself the entire time. But like a skeleton key, it fit everywhere. You know, and that's I think that's what made it jump. It's a fantastic pick. So I got to, you know, raise the bar or at least match what you did. I'm going to stay in that group of another group that, just absolutely came out, smashed things, changed things. Personally, I think they're the greatest hip hop group of all time. It's one one A and one B for me with like a couple of them. But so I'm going to go with Players Ball by Outkast. Ooh, Outkast came on the scene when music was inherently East Coast, West Coast. That was it. I mean the Chronic. Had come out in 92, which was insane. And the thing about The Chronic was hip-hop was so heavy East Coast before. It's the birthplace. It's understandable. It's not, you know, not for any other. But these are the guys that invented it right now. They're killing it. So Tupac, you know, kind of brought some 
edge to it. There were people coming out that were individually representing themselves as opposed to an area, but the sound themselves were, were relative to certain areas. So when G thing and the chronic dropped, it blew people away. We'd never heard anything like that before. Then when you see the videos, you're like, oh, I get why they don't sound like they're from New York because they're not from New York. <laughs> like you can't live out there where they live and be on a New York vibe. It's not the same vibe. Right. They got sunshine 11 months out of the year. You know what I mean? We got telephone poles and pigeons. They got palm trees and parakeets. Even though <laughs> it's it's different. It's different. So it's not any less or any more of anything. It's just different. And the way they painted that picture, I've never been there. And that's exactly what I picture it looking like after, you know, hearing you rap about it the way you do. So this is what Outcast did for the South. They came in and smashed it. And when you see the, I mean, is there, Andre 3000 is an MC that's on the level of like, the most lyrical guys that you know, but also on a level with some of the greats like Old Dirty Bastard, you know, people like that that had a flow that nobody else had, that there's no father to their style, you know, it was them, and nobody else sounds like them, and nobody ever will. You you can't replicate that, you know, like a DMX voice or something like that. You can't do that. Again, that won't happen again. There was one of those. And Andre 3000 is like that. Mix him with Big Boy. Players Ball, Outcast, absolutely my pick. Lightning in a bottle right there, musically, from an artist's perspective. It's lightning in a bottle. And following that song up, I think I am going to bring it back to New York, but I'm going to go with something that might be slightly off the beaten path. Because in 1993, this group was already considered, while they're pioneers of the genre, and they're, I'd say, top three most iconic hip-hop artists of all time, in 1993, they were the 40-year-olds at the 20-year-old party. I know where you're going. But they knew how to bring it because they brought on they features like Pete Rock and CL Smooth. And Run DMC showed the whole country how to get down with the king. And that song with this side where we've got this kind of head bobbing vibe going, it's it picks up the pace a little bit. But make no mistake, the delivery is true Run DMC. And they took an 80s flow and put it over 90s music and made it feel seamless and made them reinvent the sound that they already invented themselves. They sampled Where Did I Go from the original Broadway cast of Hair, which is like so left field. But then they also sampled themselves, putting in Run's House and Sucker MC's Crush Groove. So these guys took their own songs, flipped them on its side and put out what I feel is an underrated 93 classic. Because when people talk about 93, they're talking about Dr. Dre. They're talking about Snoop Dogg. They're talking about Wu-Tang. They're talking about A Tribe Called Quest. But nobody's talking about Run DMC. And if it wasn't for Run DMC, none of those other acts would exist. I agree completely. Um, they are the reason I have never been without at least one pair of shell top adidas in my life from 1991 on so how happy did i run dmc forefathers they were just absolutely they, they would arguably be on the mount rushmore of hip-hop so i can't see not having them on a list but now the question becomes what follows up the kings of rock run dmc well if i'm gonna stay in the vein of this mixtape i know i gotta get to some individual guys but but I mean, I got to say in the vein of phenomenal, groundbreaking, trend-setting groups. And what better way than to drop a song that may be on the greatest group album of all time from 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang Clan, Cream. You threw out an acronym that changed the English language. Period. I'm in my house with my friends. Some of them are smoking. Some of them are making a beat. And we're like, let's do this. Let's say this. And it changed Webster's Dictionary years later because people use the term that you came up with to describe money and, and the dope ingenuity that you had to phrase it the way you did changed the way people talk in every country. It's insane. It's insane. Mm -hmm. How do you not have a song that does that? on here and that's your that's like your first song basically like that that that's where you start off with a 700 foot grand slam in the world series is your first at bat okay <laughs> you know so give me cash rules everything around me Wu-Tang Clan 
I'll tell you right now, when people talk about the greatest debut albums of all time, they talk about Boston. They talk about Led Zeppelin one. They'll talk about Alanis Morissette. If we're in the nineties, Jagged Little Pill, they'll talk about Rage Against the Machine. 36 Chambers. Oh my God. Possibly the greatest debut hip hop album ever. I mean, nobody had ever heard anything like that before. It was insane. I had it on my list too. I had Method Man because when they did the 50 years of hip hop, how was Wu-Tang represented with Method Man? All I'm going to say is when you have this much great music in a decade, I wouldn't cross that off my list just yet if I were you either. I get that. You know how hard it was not to just pick two two groups or two single guys and do the full side of the, the mixtape with those guys? Like, like, what, are you kidding me? It's easy. We can easily do that. Yeah. Easily. Now, following up Wu-Tang, though, you got to keep that level of iconic in the air here because there's a lot of iconic groups on this side. Go, go home. Now, Let's this go. is one that I will say is one of the more underratedly iconic groups. So this group paved ways for people. They influenced tons of artists, and I feel like they didn't get their just due. Even though they're a household name, I feel like other bands just got more airplay, more radio time, more FaceTime on MTV. And meanwhile, these guys were just cranking out hit after hit after hit. And when you're able to sample Smokey Robinson's Quiet Storm, Michael Jackson's I Can't Help It, and the Bar K's Song and Dance, which that last one people might not recognize. However, Will Smith made that song much more popular in the late 90s because of the na-na-na-na-na-na-na. That's the song we're talking about. I am going off of Balloon Mind State, De La Soul, Break of Dawn. De La Soul is innovators of hip-hop. They are one of those groups that are one of a kind, again, like tribe, they were never anything but a hundred percent genuine to themselves, and it worked. They're hip hop, a hundred percent through and through. It's the best way to say it. Two words: authentic and trailblazers. For right sure, a hundred percent agree. All right, how many do I have left on this side? Oh, this side, we're down to two songs. So you got one, and I got one. I got one song. Oh my god, you're killing me! All right, all right. <laughs> it's harder than it sounds, isn't it? So hard because I mean, like, how do I not go Cypress Hill? You know what I mean? How do I not? How do you not do that? But I got another one that's not as popular, didn't get as big. But I mean, I can't see leaving this one off either. You know, I'm there's a Cypress Hill Black Moon conflict going on in me right now. That's that's where I'm at, and I'm struggling. I got it as much as it kills me to not have Black Moon on this list. Um, I gotta go with Cypress Hill. I can't even risk not hearing them from a 90s hip-hop mixtape, especially in 93 one. So, insane in the brain, in keeping with your beats don't sound like anybody else's beats. Your flow doesn't sound like anybody else's flow. Your content isn't what anybody else's content is. It's your own, that that vibe of genuineness that, that we've had in every single group we've named so far that originality you never mistake their music when it comes on they're probably in the top five bands or groups that ever that you cannot play on a guess this tune game show because everybody will get it on second one <laughs> you know what I mean? mm-hmm. no matter what song it is that's how in their own vein they were and how great they were at it so let's finish my part strong with insane in the brain cypress hill dj muggs credited the song Jump Around, which is something he produced for House of Pain, uh-huh. has a major influence on this track. And it makes sense because when you play Jump Around and Insane in the Brain back to back. That's a vibe. That's a vibe right there. And that's credit to DJ Muggs for seeing that and bringing it out in both songs. Insane in the Brain is probably one of the most famous diss tracks ever written outside of Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. I know it's a totally different genre, but this song is actually a diss at Chubb Rock, who Cypress Hill felt they were mocking on his 92 album, I Gotta Get Mine, Yo, with Yabba Dabba Doo. This is kind of their answer to that. And as much as I love Chubb Rock, and I Come love on. Yabba Dabba, it's saying the brain is just a different level. It's just Come a different on. level. Yeah. 
I don't hate anybody that Mike Tyson knocked out. You know what I mean? But hey, let's not pretend you won. You know, I'm not trying to be mean. No, but, no. I... <laughs> but I mean, come on. What are we doing over here? You know, like, like there's, there's no. You showed you opened a door. You were, you were, you know, there. I busted through it and took off for the Enzo. You know, that's All that's right. things there. Amen. And I, looking at my list, I only have one song that I could close this side with. There's only one choice. We're both from New Jersey, so we got to show some Jersey love when at all possible. And when you're able to sample James Brown's Funky President, Five Stair Steps, Don't Change Your Love, The Isley Brothers, Make Me Say It Again, Girl, Sylvia Striplin's You Can't Turn Me Away, and rounding it out with Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, there's a reason the album is called 1993. Naughty by nature, hip hop hooray. When that song drops at a stadium, 70,000 people from ages three to ages 90 are moving their hands from side to side. It is a vibe in and of itself. And when you start a side with something as strong as passing me by, the only way to close a side that has this kind of vibe to it is with hip hop hooray by naughty by nature. 1000 percent let's just keep it simple i don't know nobody that don't know that song okay and the flip side of the coin i also don't know nobody who don't like it i've never seen anybody say that song is trash when you play nope. it in a stadium nobody goes oh nobody everybody and like you said like it, it just doesn't matter i don't know any i know children that know that song my parents know that song like nobody doesn't know that song and i haven't heard anybody my father did my father listen to hip-hop <laughs> no yeah, <laughs> right. Not even close. Uh, oh, they'll do that part. You know, there's nobody that doesn't know that song. So, and there's yeah. something about Tretch's flow that going back to OPP in '91, it was different. It was not just that boom bap flow. It was speed. It was rhythmic in his delivery. Top five most underrated MCs of all time. Hands down. And I've actually got another song with Tretch as a feature in my list. I don't know if we're going to get to it. However, there is a chance we might, depending on where side two goes. But now let's review what we got so far on side A. We kick things off with the far side, passing me by, followed up by Fat Joe, the gangsta's Flow Joe, a Tribe Called Quest award tour featuring True Goy the Dove, Diggable Planets, Rebirth the Slick, cool like that. Outcast Players Ball, Run DMC's Down with the King featuring Pete Rock and CL Smooth, Wu Tang Clan's Cream, De La Soul's Break of Dawn, Cypress Hill's Insane in the Brain, and Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Hooray. Head over to myweeklymixtape.com to hear all the songs we're discussing in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Now, Doug, we're at the 50-yard line right now. We're heading towards the end zone here. 
How do you feel the drive is going so far? I think it's great. I think it's a home run. I'm going to actually make this mixtape myself when we're done and uh, give it a full read through. But um, just keep it in the vein of 93 Hip Hop. We went all over the planet there because you could not be more different than Rebirth of Slick and Cream, for example. But you could not be more similar either if you look at it from the outside. Hey, I'm going to do my thing. Okay, I'm going to do my thing. Okay, my thing's not going to sound like anybody else, yet neither is my thing. Okay, but my thing's going to be a home run. Everybody's going to like it. Yeah, so is my thing. Yeah, and just on and on and on. Every quality that made it what it was, done it. Covered a lot of ground there. On the flip side of this mixtape, I think we're going to be able to jump vibes a little bit, but yet it'll it'll be just like those two songs being contrasted the way they are. The other side of the mixtape will be contrasted that way, but yet we'll still make so much sense as a 93. We'll be like, you didn't go anywhere, even though you couldn't be further apart. There you go. And I get to kick things off on side B, and I think I know how I'm going to do it. I'm a rock guy, so I love to be able to bring my rock vibe in whenever possible. And I can tell you right now, the band that I picked to kick off side B rocks like no other hip-hop group out there. Every song these guys put out, even though it was straight-up hip-hop, rocked and they proved it when they took their hip-hop song and remixed it with one of the heaviest hardcore bands out of new york biohazard and created an alternative version of it and then continued to work together for the judgment night soundtrack theme and i'm talking about onyx i'm going off their 93 classic back the fuck up and i'm going with slam because that is the way you kick off a party. That's the way you kick off side B. If you see people, if you're at a club and people aren't on the dance floor, as soon as you hear that opening, Play it. they're out Play. there. It doesn't That's matter. And in doing my research, Back the Fuck Up was released on March 30th, 1993, which was the same day as LL Cool J's 14 Shots to the Dome and Lords of the Underground's Here Come the Lords. What a day in hip hop that was. Three, to me, three classic albums right there. It was greatness in abundance. You know, that's the only way I can phrase it. That song was a game changer. Still is, is a game changer. That song gives you an emotion, gives you, it gets you hype. You know, people, you can't not get excited. You play that before a game, in a locker room. You play that at a party, on a dance floor. It, it captures an excited emotion. You know, and there's that word from the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's, it's infectious. So I think it's a wonderful way to start second half of a mixtape. Couldn't have made a better choice to kick it off. So I got to follow that by trying to match not the emotion, but the level of it. I'm going to go with a song that I, that I think can get you just as hype, but in a completely different way. Because that's why Slam was what it was, because it, it did it perfectly. You're not going to paint the Mona Lisa twice. That's that vibe. That's their thing. I'm going to switch over. Uh, I think we've had all groups so far, so I'm, I'm going to drop our mixtape's first solo artist. He was He's the king of 93. If I'm being honest. He, he, was, you know, he wasn't in the group, so he was out there by himself. And he, I'm going to say, dropped probably the best album of the year, even in a year like that. I, it's, it's my number one album that year. Off doggy style, give me Snoop D O double G. What's my name? All right, you went with What's My Name. That's literally the song I had on my list. You could easily go, honestly, Gin and Juice. You all, I mean, you could play half the album, Gin and Juice, all, all that stuff. But my thing, my thing is this: being a solo hip hop artist in the '90s, you were on your own, and you were it was it was come at me, bro, because I'm I'm built for this. This is what I do. You're not him. I am. The spirit of competition in hip hop for solo arts was so dope that it was like they say, you know, when you go to jail, you got to hold your head up. You, you take a shot at the first guy, just stand up for yourself. You walk in the door and announce yourself on hip hop scene in 93. Your, your introduction better be serious because if not, everybody's going to try to take a piece of your ass. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he walked in and his first solo joint after crushing Necrotic was like, Hey, 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 the door pounds in the... And, and just, uh, what's my mother name? Snoop Dogg. It, it, it crushed it. Bow, wow, wow. You be, yo, you be... He, he, he absolutely destroyed that beat. It's one of the greatest solo albums. It's, it's, for me, it's in the top five 
greatest hip hop solo albums of all time too. So, uh, they, especially debut albums, that's up there with Illmatic, Doggy Style. So, again, that's my pick. What's my name? Snoop Doggy Dog. Absolutely love it. I mean, we talked about Thirty Six Chambers being one of the most iconic debut albums. This one falls right into that. Could easily be top ten as well. I mean, this song. You think about the amount that this song sampled. George Clinton's Atomic Dog, Funkadelic's Not Just Knee Deep, Parliament's Give Up the Funk, Tear the Roof Off This Sucker, and P-Funk Wants to Get Funked Up, as well as The Count's Pack of Lies. NME ranked this song number 456 on the greatest songs of all time, not just hip-hop, of all time. Now, we talked about Gin and Juice. To me... Gin and Juice was a side A vibe. If if you put Gin and Juice on 100%. side A, I would have been 100%. But following up Slam, if you put Gin and Juice here, I would have been it's, like... It's too much of a swing back to... That's the other thing. A mixtape, I, I, I'm Europe. It's okay going you know, to multiple places as far as like vibe-wise or emotional-wise. That's a good mixtape. The thing is, you don't skip out of a vibe and then go back to it. It's got to be a journey, you know, a fluid thing. So, so hammer that vibe if you want. Squeeze a bunch of songs on that vibe, but but get in the pocket, play the right ones, and then transition to the next vibe. You know, if you're going to do that, and then give that vibe its flowers. Don't don't just give it shorter songs and then jump back out. Like then then you're that's the difference between somebody who's going to keep up with the rhythm. That's the difference between a good MC and a bad MC. That's mm-hmm. a guy that that jumps on the beat and then kind of messes up, like you know, doesn't know what to do, and somebody like. Rebirth of Slick, where they just jump on and they ride, or somebody like Q-Tip when he's when he's just flipping over a tri-beat. That, that's the difference. I'm going to take your cue on a solo artist and stick with a solo artist, and I'm also going to do something we haven't done outside of, in a way, diggable planets, but I am going to bring one of the baddest female MCs into this mix. Yeah. See, I know where you're going. Because this song was listed in the Rock Song Index as one of the 7,500 most important songs for the rock and roll era. Yes. That says a lot. It made XXL's 250 Greatest Hip Hop Songs of the 90s list, and it was ranked number 17 on Complex's 50 Best Rap Songs by Women. If you sample James Brown's The Payback, you gotta bring it or else you're going to get crushed. And I got to give credit to Akeel Davidson from Rex and Effect because he was still riding the rump shaker train at this point. by the way, was written by Pharrell. There you go. That's that musical vine, you know, between these guys how it passes forward. Pharrell wrote that for them. They did this. Now they're impacting this song. It's a lineage. Yeah, it certainly is. And when I think about this artist, there truly ain't no other like MC Light, and I'm going with Roughneck coming out of Snoop Dogg. Roughneck by MC Light. There's this one that is essential, like you said, in hip-hop history. Top 250 of all time. Multiple, multiple lists. Multiple, multiple awards. It's Light being Light. You know, she always was super dope. She was she was one of the first women to step into a man's game and remain there. You had women MCs like I mean Roxanne Roxanne that song came out and it was dope it hit it was a banger but it was pretty much a one-off you know hey we can do this too you know woman popping in and saying like we can and, and we can be as good as you guys here you go here's a song you know and it's just as dope as any guy's song that's out there but light stuck around and kept doing it <laughs> she's like I'm, I'm here to stay I'm gonna play for her. I'm gonna play until I feel like leaving and you know probably not leaving anytime soon I feel like MC that- Light paved the way for artists like Missy Elliott. For sure. And like, because she was, she stepped into a man's game and brought that delivery that men had. She came out bombastic and she was taking on the suitor role in Roughneck. She was the one looking out for herself. She was coming out and saying, no, he's not the prize. I am the prize. He was the pride. You gotta, you gotta be worthy of me, not the other way around. I'll let you know when I'm I'll ready. I'll let you know. I'll let yeah. You, you better Google me. Yeah, I'll let go. I wouldn't tell me. Her delivery was rock. I mean, her delivery was hard. It was heavy and it was aggressive. And I absolutely fell in love with that flow. My personal favorite 
who I think is the best all-time female MC, who probably better than most male MCs is Lauren Hill. Oh yeah. And I think in her style and that album, like in, in the Miss Education, you hear like when she starts flipping into that Fuji stuff and, and that kind of starts going with her little, little flows with the, the octaves dropping up and down and the flow. I think you hear, you hear like tap dancing on a song, you know, mm-hmm. from way back when the, at least the influence of it. I'm not saying that she took it, but I'm saying that you hear a lot of that and she just, she does it. Well, you could, you could see the influence. So light is, is amazing. When you were talking about Lauren Hill, I automatically go to the Fuji's remix of nappy heads because her delivery in that really feels like it came from the lineage of where MC light was for sure. The influence is undeniable. The influence is undeniable. So now I toss it back to you to follow this side's going a completely different vibe here. So you're making it hard. Okay. Let's do, let's do for a second song. Let's do this. Let's do my first repeat sort of. So, off the same album, 36 Chambers, I cannot picture a 90s party, never mind a 93 party, that you didn't go to in a club, bar, at a house, where riding around in your friend's car smoking weed. Like, there was never a time that hip-hop music came on and you didn't hear, M-E-T-H-O-D, man, M-E-T-H-O-D, man. And everybody just didn't lose their goddamn minds. Every time. He was the groundbreaker for them. He came through and just ultimate appeal right away. Everybody, like, this is just a, this is one of the coolest guys in the room, no matter what room he walks into. And he's just absolutely killing it. That's your first song? Crush it. Crush it. Again, 700-foot Grand Slam in the World Series, and that's your first at bat. Sayonara. So, Give me M-E-T-H-O-D, man, Method Man, and Wu-Tang Clan. Now, normally we don't go back and repeat bands on a list, but I'll tell you right now, Method Man is pretty much a gray area because that's his song right there. And you got him and him and Red Man too. Like he's got his own soul stuff. It's it's a it's it's like a, to it's me. A gray area. Give me a mulligan on this one. I'm I'm pulling out. I, honestly, if it was any other group tonight, I'd be like, well, but Method Man solidified his independence while still with the group. So I'm going to let that slide. Plus, I was kind of pissed when you picked Creed because I couldn't drop Method Man. So I'm going to allow it for my selfish reasons as well. It's a friendly call, referee. It's a little home cooking. Come on. Yeah, there Come you on. go. But now following that up, I'm going to go with something that I think is a little bit of a deep cut here. But to me, it is a classic because this one is probably more for personal reasons because we rocked out in the locker room to this song after each and every game. And to me, it's the band's signature song in their highest charting single, but it's not the household name. However, to people in New Jersey and New York, it was because these guys were out of Newark and they were right down the street from us and they were hometown heroes. And that is Lords of the Underground. And I'm going with Chief Rocka off of Here Comes the Lord. If you're sampling John Coltrane's Amen. Those floors are crazy. You got to pull that off with some absolute authority. And then you talk about influence. I live for the funk. I die for the funk. One year later, Notorious B.I.G. sampled that for his machine gun funk from Ready to Die. And if it's good enough to catch... Biggie's attention, there's no reason it, for it to not be included on this list. Lords of the Underground, Chief Rocka. Those horns were insane. They were crazy. They were crazy. It's a banger right off the bat. Like, it's kind of like the guy who makes the beat put that together. And the moment he played it for anybody, the first time he was like, yeah, check this out, I made something. And hit play. The instant thought that everybody had was, if you can find a way to rock over this, it's an absolute smash hit. As long as the guy doesn't come in here and spit some bullshit, it's a home run. If he comes in here and he's on fire, you're talking about a transcending sort This is a takeover event. For a little while, the entire game is yours. And I love the fact that this song was their signature song because it really speaks to the vibe of the 90s. Jazz was 
pulled a lot out of the 90s music. And if you did it the right way. Yeah, we do this too. That's what they were saying. We do this too. And we're, you know, and they, and, and they did it the way you had it, but you have to do it the way. That's what I mean. It can't be faked. If you were phony, it's going to show. You can't do this. You can't fake this. And 100%. honestly, Here Come the Lords, 30 years later, is still one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. Absolutely. Great album. Great album. That's a great album. It's a great vibe. I'm going to show a little bit of love to the other dog here. So I want to keep the party going. You know, we kicked in the door, you know, right off the bat with Slant. And Snoop followed up with just one of the funkiest songs. You know, this is who I am here. You know, I'm here, everybody. Kind of throw down songs. What's my name? You know, we're, 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 we got a vibe going on here. I'm going to go with a kid that put out a cool song. With a cool vibe. Mike, you you know, I'm not a super big jazz person, so you would probably know more than me the level of influence it could have there. But in that same kind of vein, but most of that jazzy shit was coming out of New York. You know, I'm going to go with somebody who was not. And we're going to go with Diddy by a Paperboy. Nice. That song was a great song, man. It's one that you just, you heard it and you instantly liked it. So like, you know, if I give you a basketball, it doesn't matter if you miss 10 shots, like, like if we're just hanging at the park, but but if you dunk it, it's still kind of a great day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I missed those shots, but you saw that dunk? <laughs> so this dude came in and dunked. What do you want? You know, like, like, all right, so maybe I'm not Mike and I'm not LeBron. I'm not hanging with a, a dunk, though, in the yeah. game. <laughs> That's what he did. He came in and he dunked, and it's a good song. I mean, you're sampling Zaps, Do Wah Diddy, Blow That Thing, and James Brown's Funky President. That song was all over pop radio and hip hop radio, but also well, yeah, I dunked, I dunked that bit at 360. It yeah, wasn't I mean, it was dunk. it was everywhere that song, and it's undeniable. It was, but it's one of those songs that's so undeniable. It's shocking to me that there really wasn't much follow up to it. I I don't know why the label didn't think to capitalize on this or were they just so busy trying to jump to the next thing that he kind of got lost behind because this song is an absolute banger and of yeah. course i had it on my list and now following that up i think i know exactly what i'm gonna do all right let's go let's go because we're talking about big samples here okay so if you're right. gonna sample george clinton's atomic dog and larry young's space ball you got to do it right, just like all these other songs we're talking about. DJ Lethal from House of Pain and Limp Biscuit. I know Limp Biscuit catches hell, but Limp Biscuit was it's a big group. That first album is a five star. They, they, I mean, they did a great job. Come on, exactly. I'd be silly. DJ Lethal was one of the producers of this track, and you could feel it in the vibe that this track brings, as well as I talked about him before, DJ Muggs from House of Pain and Cypress Hill. So you bring those two together. And then you combine it with a Los Angeles Latino hip hop group and you get Bow Wow Wow from Funk Dubious. Okay. This to me is boom bap rap at its absolute friggin' finest. The delivery, your head's moving, you could dance to it. It's got crossover appeal. I don't even know how else to say it. The song makes me happy. The song makes me smile. It's fun. It just breathes that positive energy. And it's one of those songs that at a party, when you hear that bow wow, dee out wow, like everyone just starts going crazy. And the song still holds up. I was able finally, I had it for decades on cassette. I finally got the CD of this. And I was so stoked to finally spin this disc. And the song holds up to me like some of the best hip hop of all the 90s. So funk dubious bow wow wow. Great pick. Uh you could have said it better, man. Could have said it better. That boom bap is solid and and the way he just rides that the way they get on that song and just absolutely control it from start to finish is masterful it's artful it's soulful it, it's a great track uh it's it's when it's tough to follow up so i am gonna go fast and furious and pull the e-break okay not so much in vibe wise i'm gonna keep the party going again but like a lot of 93 parties i'm gonna jump spot to spot and hit you with the home runs and I would feel remiss if I left the spot open and didn't fill it with a lady or ladies because they were also big contributors to 93 hip hop. Uh, you drop light. So I'm going to do this 
for the women that listen to our mixtapes and are fans of hip hop and R&B, the the stuff that used to they used to get down to in the nineties. And I'm gonna throw Salt and Pepper's Shoop. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's a song. Whoa, that comes on. Girls love that song for the right reason. It's a great song. And you could get out there and you could, they're, they're killing that joint. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're talking about some lady shit, but they're putting it down, right? They're funky. You know, and if you can't get out there and, and just kind of like two step with your girl, that, then what are you doing there? You know what I mean? Like, come on. So it's a great song. I think we got to show some love real quick. It's not always about just ripping the mic or being super deep into, sometimes it's just about having fun. And these ladies came out and had fun in a dope, dope way and set it off. And it was a great song. So shoot, salt and pepper. You're talking longevity before with MC Light. Salt and Pepper had Push It in the 80s, so you could kind of feel the 80s vibe on that song. If they didn't change course, they would have been seen as dinosaurs in the 90s. Same thing like Run DMC did with Down With The King. Not only did they, they didn't change course, but this you can't do like... Remember that, that movie where they play Rock of Ages? Yes. And then they're like, okay, Rock is dead, so they try to take the kid and turn him from... Colt Van Roy, whatever his name was, turn him into, into Justin Timberlake and stuff like that. It doesn't work. You can't evolve with the music if it evolves out of who you are. Exactly. You can't, just like you couldn't fake it, get on them jazz beats, you couldn't fake it in 90s three hip-hop because it would, it would be noticed. There's too much originality and genuine workaround for you to come in and be a phony and not stand out. So exactly. it's not going to work. And they not only evolved, but they grew as artists. They, it was in them, and they just... It's LeBron James in year 18. Yeah, I know I'm 36, and I could still do this better than most of you. So let's just keep going until I say, you know, that's what they did. And it's it's impressive. And here we are in 2023, and I can think of a million different movie references for Shoop. However, the one that I always go to is the beginning of Deadpool, where he's sitting on the edge of the overpass. Yeah. And yeah, he got the song perfect. played right before he drops down off the underpass into the car and starts doing those Deadpool things. <laughs> he picked it for a reason, you know. Like it's it's everything in that movie is done for a reason, and that it was yeah, it was a perfect, it was a perfect pick even there. So, and me back, bro. What are we doing? We got what do we got? Two left each. Two got left. Three? I got one song, and looking at this side, I'm like scrolling through, and we've got some fantastic jams and some iconic artists, and I've only got one song left, and I'm scrolling through my picks and. Coming out of Shoop, I feel like I got to go big for my last song. So I am going to go big with somebody who made his name in both the group setting as well as a solo artist. And there's 1993, much more Bay Yay Younce. I am going with Ice Cube's Bop Gun, One Nation from Lethal Injection. If you're sampling One Nation under a groove by Funkadelic, you got to bring it hard because that song is an absolute classic. Now, something different about this song, which is why I'm excited to include it. The radio version that we know is four minutes and 48 seconds. However, if you bought the album like I did in the 90s, the album cut is 11 minutes and six seconds long. And you know what? It feels about as long as the four-minute version because it just grooves the entire time. Don't want it to stop. That took brass to do that in 1993 because most hip-hop songs were get in, get out. This song was like, we're here and we're not going anywhere. So as much as I enjoy the radio version when it comes on, if I'm putting it on a mixtape, I want this to be kind of the culmination of the party. We're taking that 11-minute version and milking it for every note it's worth. Ice Cube's Bop Gun, One Nation. Yeah, uh, killer, killer choice. That's Ice Cube being Ice Cube. That's all it is. The guy, I mean, we had a guy who almost made my list here. I mean, I was going to put uh, Easy e Real MFGs. You know, Ice Cube wrote Easy's first album. Mm-hmm. Then he wrote N.W.A.'s first album. Then he wrote his first album, and they were all just like they're in the top twenty greatest albums of all time. Like that's that's crazy, man. That's crazy. He's he's one of the greatest, probably one of the most underrated MCs of all time as well. He would be in my top five most underrated for as much accolades as you get. When everybody talks about you know who's the best rapper of all time, it's Biggie, it's Tupac, you know, it's Big Pun, it's people like that, it's Jay Z, it's people like that. They they it takes a minute to get to Cube on that list. You know, it's Eminem, it's these guys. So, and I, and I don't think that anybody, you know, nobody has anything over him. 
there are people as good as great, but nobody has it. Like he's he's as good as he gets in hip hop. So I think that's a smash smash pick. I had uh, it was a good day on my list too. By the way, there so. you go. That's another great one. Now I'll tell you this: if Ice Cube can record a song that five years later gets re-recorded by one of the heaviest new metal groups in Corn with the Deftones, which is their cover of Wicked. And Ice Cube's still is heavier. That just goes to show that this guy. It hits harder. The original Wicked hits harder than Korn's version. You tried to make it hard and you did a good job, but it's the original. It's a hole in one at the Masters. You, you know, you can't do it any better. Well, Doug, you got to kick things off at the beginning of side A and you also get the pleasure, honor, or horror, depending on where we're going here, of having to close out with one song, which means every other song that we have on our list is floating in the ethos. Yeah. And you're about to let down a bunch of those great jams. Yep. But there's got to be a closer here. So what do you got for me? I am prepared to make the hard decisions, Brian. All right. As much as it breaks my heart. So good people of the podcast world, we're going to close this by doing something Brian just said he did. He, he said he was going to go big. He did with the Ice Cube song. I am going to go big, literally, and I'm going to go B.I.G. and Tupac Shakur, the 93 freestyle. I got seven Mac 11s, about 8.38, where it's big and smalls, and Tupac Shakur. They didn't drop the song publicly for a few years, but it was on mixtapes unofficially in 93. That's going to be my pick to close the show. What gets you hyper? In 93, then the guy who was the hottest MC in 92, Tupac Shakur, and Biggie Smalls when he's just about to drop, you know, ready to die a year later. So this is all his stuff that's coming to the surface when he's on tour doing party and bullshit and songs like that. My closer, Biggie and Tupac's 93 Freestyle. Perfect way to close it. I had Tupac on my list with another collaboration, but I had I Get Around featuring Digital Underground, which again, still went strong because... When you think about it, if it wasn't for Digital Underground, Tupac wouldn't be a thing because he was introduced on Same Song back in 91. And this was him when he was blowing up, showing that love back to Digital Underground. Yeah, he was in a movie about trouble. Yeah, Gomez might not want to hear this part, but that was a great song and a not-so-great movie for me. But regardless, when you add Biggie to the mix, it definitely elevates it for the perfect crescendo on this year. I'll tell you right now, Doug, with this list... Looking across both sides, if we were to have called this episode 1990s hip hop and didn't even say a year, we Bye. could drop this playlist all from the same year and it would still pass for an, a decade's encapsulation of the music. If I were to make 93 hip hop playlists like we're trying to accomplish right now in real life, it would have been one of those playlists. Where the writing on the cassette cover is super small because there's like 17, 18 songs on the first half and there's 22 on the second half and you squeeze like there, there's absolutely almost no dead air on your Maxell cassette tape in between songs. You got all that on it. And I still would feel like I'd have to make part one and part two and part three even with that many songs. So uh, that's just 90s, 3 never mind 90s, you know, in general. Almost any year of the 90s, I believe, could represent the entire decade, but few have such a deep well in each division that carry out throughout the decade. Um, we have the group thing, you know, with people like Tribe and Outcast, and, you know, the Diggable Planets that were at Cypress Hill. You know, we have the individual thing in Snoop, and you have Biggie, uh, Tupac, you know, running around, you have Biggie out there, you have, you have people like that that are just about, about to change the sound of music forever. It's hard to find that much quality and that much quantity in one place. Amen. And we certainly, I think, did that, which concludes side B of our 1993 year in rap and hip hop mixtape, which kicked off with Onyx's Slam, Snoop Dogg, What's My Name, MC Light's Roughneck, Wu-Tang Clan's Method Man, Lords of the Underground Chief Rocka, Paperboy's Diddy, Funk Dubious's Bow Wow Wow, Salt and Pepper's Shoop, Ice Cube's Bop Gun One Nation, and Notorious B.I.G. and Tupac live freestyle. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all of the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. 
Doug, why don't you tell people where they can learn a little bit more about you and connect with you on social media? Uh, you can just find me right on Facebook. You can find me on um, TikTok under the Doug Miller 50. You can go to EliteSound.com if you want to talk about the music stuff. And uh, you know, there's more things to come. So I hope you enjoyed the mixtape. I can't wait to hear your feedback. By all means, definitely send it our way. Doug, as always, it's a blast talking tunes with you. I can't wait to do it again. Thanks for joining me. This has been a friggin' blast. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks. Be safe. Remember, you can find My Weekly Mixtape on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at My Weekly Mixtape. You can also head to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to check out the full catalog of My Weekly Mixtape episodes. And if you want to support the show, please consider becoming a Patreon Mixtaper at Patreon.com forward slash My Weekly Mixtape. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, enjoy the tunes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.